Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. There's a fine line between genius and insanity, and we're walking it. It's the Marketing Madhouse. I'm Moira Vetter, your host for the Marketing Madhouse, where we talk about how the world is changing marketing and sometimes how marketing is changing the world. Today, my guest is Tim Hernquist, um, Director of Product and Business Management at Jabra, uh, and a good friend. And we're going to be talking about um, hybrid work and how that has impacted everybody, but including the marketing profession. But first, tell us about you, Tim. What's your background in business and in marketing? Well, first of all, thank you for having me here, Moiris. This is really exciting, and I'm really excited to hear the next sessions of your podcast. It's <laughs> going to be good fun to listen to and pay attention to. Um, yeah, um, I'm really a product and technology person at heart and have been my whole life. I started my uh, career at Sony because I loved the Sony TVs back uh, when Who I was doesn't? in college. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, worked there for a long time, and um, as a product person mainly. And at one point in my career, I got tapped to become the marketing guy, and I have had this marketing, um, let's say, fascination ever since. I've I've really started to try and bring the product and the marketing together to help me tell sto- tell more stories. Uh, after that, I went to uh, Carrier, where you and I met, mm-hmm. and uh, I got involved with Moto Moto. But mm-hmm. that was also a very much a product and marketing related role. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, Ed, I work for Jabra, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, the North American lead for product and business management, which means I'm thinking about how these products that we make affect people's lives. Yep. It's kind of the same thing as marketing. You know, you need to think about what's going to be good for people right. and who's, deliver those who's stories Who's the human to being that uses this and, exactly. and how? Why is it compelling? Yeah. Um, so let's jump right in. Let's talk about hybrid. So hybrid is here, right? We've had an interesting few years. What are some of the challenges that this has presented, not just to marketing, but let's just talk generally, people affected by hybrid? Yeah, yeah. Some some people say that this is the greatest work experiment we've ever done in mm-hmm. in the world. You know, it being uh, suddenly thrust into uh, a an environment where you know the tools that you normally have when you go into a workplace are no longer there. Right. You're trying to reconfigure your own home to suddenly be where you can also work. Yep. And then um, you know juggling all of the things that go around with that uh, has been a drastic change uh, for everyone. And as we've gone forward and the pandemic has subsided and we started to think about going back to work, um, what we've learned is that a lot of that stuff is not going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, meetings. Mm-hmm. Meetings used to be uh, preceded by a coffee break or, mm-hmm. or, you know, or a glass of water or something, you know, chatting with friends at the office. Yep. Then you'd have a meeting in person. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, maybe you'd go out for lunch. Yep. That's not happening anymore. Um, what we've seen in the state of hybrid today is that 80% of all meetings are either fully virtual or hybrid in nature. So mm-hmm. That means it has it's including at least has one component, the virtual hybrid, person yeah. Yeah. is yeah. at least joining that. Only 20% of the meetings then are being have had uh, fully in person. That's crazy. So 
that is a standard that is not going anywhere. So and, and thinking about how that yeah, moves how, us forward is important. How does that impact the marketing landscape specifically? Because obviously, you know, I've, I've been a marketer my whole career. It's an extremely collaborative profession, and that's not to say that, that aspects of it aren't hybrid. We have global clients that are all over the world. But, you know, t- talk a little bit about that. How does this dynamic specifically impact marketing teams? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. I think about that a lot, too. It, creativity is mm-hmm. um, a group sport sometimes, you know. Sometimes you have to, like, throw an idea out on the table and watch people's reactions in real time. That's difficult now, I think, if you're not actually um, in the group with your team. Mm-hmm. However, there's all kinds of creatives mm-hmm. that are super nerdy computer guys mm-hmm. that are sat in front of their PCs and they can create things, you know. They're, they're digital creative guys that create amazing stuff. And they're best served not in a group atmosphere. They're best served sat at their home, you know, in the quiet where they can really focus on their work. So I think there's pros and cons for both for marketing teams. I think, um, I think uh, harnessing, uh, the, 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 harnessing the situation for what it is, yep. um, understanding what each of the team members need, um, understanding what the marketing goals are for your specific project or task, if you get that sort of sorted out, um, there are many things that marketing leaders can do to create cohesion in their team, uh, give them some benefits, also ramp up the productivity and creativity. And I think there are tools and there are things we've learned over the last three years that that, that would really ramp up some teams' performance. Well, I, you know, I think that's where that's where the world is like marketing, right? All these impacts that we've seen in terms of how we collaborate and how we work as marketers, um, you know, real real innovation comes from being able to adapt, right? And opportunities come from being able to adapt. So I agree with, you know, initially it's how are we going to do this? And you first start by trying to replicate your system in a virtual reality and then you go, wait a minute, this is something entirely different, right? How do we create something new and make different and better connections? Um, so, you know, one of the things that you have mentioned before, and I know we're going to talk about it in the next segment, is uh, psychological safety. Can yeah. you talk about what that is? Well, <clears throat> uh, Jabra, in conjunction with a few other partners, have done um, a successive research study over the last three years. And uh, the current um, output of that f- research that we're doing has given us some really truly interesting insights. And, and you'd imagine Jabra as a technology company that's providing collaborative technology headsets mm-hmm. and cameras for collaborative working mm-hmm. would be pushing buy more tech, buy more tech. But what I love about this study is that um, we've taken a real human approach to it. And so it's not necessarily technology first. And I think uh, marketing mm-hmm. teams especially yep. have jumped to monday.com or they've ch- jumped to... Um, any sort of like project management software where people can log in from where they are and, you know, throw some technology at it and suddenly it's going to be better. The human part of it, which I want to talk about, is that um, people are performing best when um, they are um, feeling like they're in control. Mm -hmm. And in a hybrid world, control equals more or less autonomy. The autonomy to decide where I'm going to perform best for my team. Uh, how can I be most creative in my role in the marketing team? Mm-hmm. Um, how does that work for me? Um, sometimes these younger people who are just starting off in their career have just started at right. home. Right, they don't know They've what They've never worked in an office. Yeah. 
they don't even know what it's like to be in a marketing team in a person, right? So, well, you know, the, it's the, really interesting. The phrase that <laughs> keeps occurring to me as you're talking about this is user experience, right? I mean, that is what marketers do all yeah. the time, right? How how will the audience engage with this? What is their experience? And I think about that from the websites of, you know, 20 years ago to today. Everything has to be intuitive and everything has to serve the user. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about as it relates to employees being effective or marketing teams, you know, connecting in a productive way. And also connecting with their consumers or their companies they work for, right? They mm -hmm. need to understand that. I think, I think one of the psychological, psychological safety issues that we have uh, in this study that we noticed in the study is that without autonomy, you're less likely to speak up. Mm -hmm. about what's going on. That's kind of the psychological safety part, right? right. Feeling uh, comfortable to speak up and, and play my part in the team. Mm -hmm. If for some reason you're forced to come back in the office mm -hmm. and you don't want to, mm -hmm. being able to have that conversation with your marketing leader to say, look, this isn't working for me, and then having that company understand that and mm -hmm. maybe build out tools. Well, and I think it feels different, you know, uh, again, having been somebody that had the benefit of pretty low tech early in my career, it's very different to to sort of sidle up to somebody and say, can we talk for a minute, than it is to be both of you on screen of equal size and feeling very exposed and recorded <laughs> while right. you're bringing something up. So it I, I think the safety idea is a really good one. It's a it is a very different experience to raise ideas or to challenge, you know, uh, common thinking on things. I've seen a lot of marketing teams sitting around big tables, um, you know, to create that sort of collaborative experience, mm -hmm. and then suddenly we're thrust to work from home. People yep. built up their home offices to be exactly the way they like it, yep. and now they're being asked to come back into a barren, wide table with other people in front of them. Mm -hmm. It's a big shock to the system. And I think uh, we have underestimated how much people have created their own creature comforts at home, mm -hmm. and we have not invested in the creature comforts at our offices to kind of offset what people have lost. And that's also psychological safety. Like, I don't feel comfortable in this new space. Mm -hmm. What can we do as companies and marketing yeah. leaders to say, hey, marketing team, we used to sit together in a really tight group. Now we're not used to that because yeah. three years of being at home. How do we recreate that? group mentality or, or feeling performance. Well, you've been to our new office, and I mean, that was a big part of our building out our space was creating very different kinds of spaces for different people so that you could work this way in the morning and that way in the afternoon or over there at the, at the Starbucks, you know, uh, so that there is variety, right? Because there isn't a way that you work. There are lots of ways to work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I really commend you for your new office. It's beautiful, first of all. And secondly, <laughs> You took some time to think about um, what you need to do. And that's also a thing we found in the research study, that 50% of the companies we've interviewed through this uh, study have said they don't know what they're doing. They don't even have a plan. It's sad. The other 50% have a plan, but it may be hot desk. You know, come in and just work uh, in hot desks over here because we have now collaborative spaces, meeting rooms with cameras and audio technology and stuff. Yeah because that felt like how you do virtual meetings in the office. Right, and that hoteling thing, it's like you don't have a, a, a feeling, a, p a piece of this thing, right? It's uh, You want to belong. Yeah, or you lost what you had before. Exactly. So. So we're talking about psychological safety. Um, let's just talk a little bit more about 
the work dynamics and you know I know you've done a lot of research because you've been developing products to sort of address this but talk a little bit more about the dynamics between individuals and leaders uh, you know that, that your solutions are intended to, to help with yeah um, I'll try and uh, bring it back to marketing as well because I mm-hmm. think it's I mean marketing is is really important in in this kind of hybrid world yeah um, what we've what we learned is the autonomy part um, is a really big word in our research and um, the autonomy part doesn't mean uh, you can let your marketing team do whatever they want to get the job done right it's it's just giving them the the ability to choose how they want to do their work and and it's about having the marketing leader create a framework I think for that team Mm -hmm. so what are we going to do for example some of the tools, that, some of the assets we're creating in, in, are going to be digital tools. So mm-hmm. webinars, that's like the one thing that we do tons at my office. You yeah. know, how do I get an exciting webinar? How do I get you know, more than 500 people join the webinar? That's a really hard thing to do. Well, I just just to, you know, when you, when you bring up, you know, what are we going to do and, and things like webinars, I remember uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic, you know, obviously we support large B2B organizations and they're accustomed to their salespeople going out into the field and having long meetings and they schlep their wares and all these, you know, one-on-one kind of, you know, real life presentations and that was a real wake-up call in terms of not just marketing but selling, right? How how do how are we going to sell? And also the the uh, you know you use the word autonomy, right? Are people prepared to be that autonomous, right? What is this going to look like? What are they going to say? Let's say we've given them the autonomy. They're becoming creative on 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 how they're going to do some of the stuff mm-hmm. that a marketing team does. Create mm-hmm. the assets, do the work. Yep. Um, and the autonomy has come back in your team that, you know, many people would like to have at least one day at home mm-hmm. to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been difficult to decide which day, for yep. example. Yes. So um, I think what we're talking about there is having marketing leaders think about um, how to work within that a little bit of chaos. It just yes. needs to be a little bit structured. And what we've what we talk about in terms of the tools in order to enable a, I don't know, asynchronous yep. or a flexible or a hybrid way of working um, starts to uh, look like a a place where people are at equal footing, Mm -hmm. both at home or in their third place. A lot of the younger creatives like to work from a different place altogether. In the park. Yeah, they can't sit in in one spot all the Mm -hmm. time, right? right? So, yeah, and maybe they move to the beach. Right. You know, and that's A lot of people did. Yeah. Yeah. So how do I give that person an equal footing? Mm Mm-hmm to the guy who wants to be right next to me mm-hmm. in my office and I love that because I can say go do this or go do that yeah. or what how are you working on or how's it going you, you have that easier conversation so yeah. but how do I create an equal footing for those two people and that's a lot of things we think about in terms of tools yeah, yeah. Um, and and that and that is a lot a lot of people don't think about both sides of it so you need to create an office that has the tools that allow teams to perform in a virtual hybrid world mm-hmm. but people also need to have that stuff at home and, and if they're not equal on both sides, uh, some of the stuff that I want to talk about is going yep. to happen. Yeah. Virtual fatigue, uh, misunderstandings, uh, delayed uh, performance, you know, yeah. trouble yeah. in your or, team. Or n- not being able to get the right, you know, feedback or input you need. I mean, when I think about, um, you know, 
market a huge part of marketing at least on the agency side where i live is about hearing people and hearing unspoken right seeing unspoken cues reading body language you know uh hearing the person that's not talking <laughs> you know right. and and so there's a lot of those subtleties that happen in presentation um and so you know i can remember uh a couple of years ago giving a huge presentation to 15 people and uh the uh, web technology we were using to do the presentation i could only see my presentation i could not see the 15 people an entirely different experience both for me as the presenter but i'm sure the audience because if people are you know snoozing and i'm in the room with them i can tell all right look you're over this let's move to the next thing so i i do think that tools are critical to that you know effectiveness ultimately um so why don't we talk a little bit about that why don't you start uh start with some of these tools because obviously i got a uh, 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 you know, I had some experience with this, but before we went into the pandemic, um, I would say back 2015, we had an employee uh, that was living in Sweden and she worked off hours uh, from, uh, you know, her standard work day, what would be a standard work day. And she was on screen on Skype all day long with us. And so we had one other virtual employee and so they stayed on screen and what we found when she came back to America and came into the office, it was like she had never left. You know, there was there was really the, the whole idea of having seen the face, not just, you know, being in a Slack channel with somebody was really key. So that being able to see and hear people, yeah. uh, I think, is a really big thing. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, we, we've uh, set out um, over the last uh, decade basically trying to create uh, products for people to concentrate better in the office. Yep. So block out things, focus on your work, you know, work on your spreadsheet, whatever it is. Uh, but now through the pandemic, we've, we've pivoted our product development. Um, and, and we now have started creating products that help people have equity, meeting equity. Mm -hmm. we, we hear, we say that word a lot in my mm -hmm. industry, meeting equity. And that means, you know, being having a, 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 an equal seat at the table in meetings, which means a lot of those psychological safety things can go can be solved. Mm -hmm. Like, if eighty percent of the meetings that I'm having are virtual, that means I'm not in the room most of the time. Mm -hmm. Which means I don't know if my boss knows I'm doing a good job. Okay. Or the boss is like, I can't. I have no control of this team. They're everywhere. I don't know where they are in their projects. I've lost control. I'm feeling very vulnerable, mm -hmm. and I don't know if I'm going to deliver the performance that I need to deliver for my team. Yep. Uh, so what we try to do is we try to create things that um, help with that. Zoom, Microsoft Teams, all these platforms are mm -hmm. popping up. Everyone starts to use them, but they're using them with uh, whatever was left in the office, mm -hmm. whatever they happen to remember to bring home with them, mm -hmm. or oftentimes it was just the laptop camera or laptop mm -hmm. microphone. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start. Which are never the top of the line. Let's face it. <laughs> no, they haven't been. They haven't been a tool that many people have used, to be honest, yeah. as well. So suddenly you're having meetings where you can't see the person or even hear them mm -hmm. very well, mm -hmm. and that's just crummy. Mm -hmm. That's no no good. And uh, we also started to hear that if you're on from eight to five uh, at work, or you know, um, then most of those meetings you're going to be in front of your laptop 
mm-hmm. not moving your body around. Right. Well, you, you might have gotten up and gotten a cup of coffee at the office or chatted with some people. Yep. That movement has slowed down. So how can we create things that, that uh, help people think about that? So it was around improving, first and foremost, the audio quality. Mm-hmm. Meetings are not going to be good. Marketing teams are not going to be effective if they can't hear <laughs> what everybody says mm-hmm. and there's not ability for everybody to chip in when they want to chip in. Mm-hmm. So when you chip in, the audio has to be good. People have to hear your voice as if it were right there in the room with you. Um, I wish you could fix the person that's at home that has terrible Internet uh, because that, that, that also is a real disruptor. Yeah. You know, we're doing a lot of um, interviewing for new hires or the presentations that I'm talking about. And when the person sounds like they're in the bottom of the ocean, it's, it's, it really disconnects you from disconnects the situation. You. And that's when you start to hear the word virtual fatigue. Mm-hmm. So the hearing and being heard part is absolutely crucial. You can't have a meeting unless you're talking about something, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's absolutely crucial. So we've done a lot of technology around background noise mm-hmm. cancellation mm-hmm. through fancy microphone technology. Mm-hmm. And what that's doing is um, in the past, before the pandemic, we had um, microphones that could drown out office noises, yeah, chattering and typing on your on your laptop, etc. And now we've had to change our microphones a little bit because the soundscape has changed so drastically. Mm-hmm. Now you're having uh, a doorbell ring or a blender go or dogs barking. That's the most, you mm-hmm. know, kind of common one that people yeah. hear. But those things uh, have to change. So we've, we've worked on improving our products to make sure that, um, you know, th- those types of soundscapes can all be managed equally mm-hmm. uh, so people can be wherever they are. Uh, secondly, um, it's about portability and battery life. You know, if you're on the go now, as a marketing person, three days in the office, two days at home, or maybe two days in the office, two days at home, one off day uh, at your client, learning about, you know, having a weekly meeting, mm-hmm. you need technology that you can take around with you. And so it has to be portable and usable there. I think that's a great point. You know, even uh, in our office, right, with because we're extensively back in, where we're uh, work from home one day and we're in office four days. And so you'd think, oh, I'm back. I plug in my computer. But I'm constantly moving with my computer, right? You're you're taking that computer so that you can be in a web meeting here. We've just put monitors in our phone rooms. You know, like there's – that that technology does have to be charged and ready to go. And and I have been in those meetings where, oh, I'm in the middle of a, say, podcast, and I have one minute left on this machine, right? right? What am I going to (laughs) do? What are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah, some of the ways we've done that is given it a whole week of battery life mm-hmm. and also still works if you've got it plugged in. Some really smart little software things that really help the hybrid worker do better. You know, one of the things that you said that caught my attention um, is the term meeting equity. It's obviously, yeah. it's not a term you hear all the time. And, you know, obviously we talk a lot about diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging. Um, so tell me how meeting equity is not just throwing around a feel-good term, right? How do you deliver meeting equity? Yeah. So most of the conference rooms that people have meetings in um, are what we call bowling alley style. Mm-hmm. They look like a bowling alley. There's a the boss, like you would sit with your team at the top of the table. Mm-hmm. And everyone would sit down the bowling alley on each side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you tend to all be looking at a TV in the front of the room, and that's where the camera and the audio would be for your meeting to talk to the hybrid people, because there's going to be, as you know, 80% of the time, someone virtual in right. your meeting. Right, so, so in our case, we'd have the CMO is sitting down CMO. at the head of the table, and then all the different marketing team members, product marketers are assembled yep. on sides. 
the crazy thing is the camera it is is limited to limited to physics right mm -hmm. so the person at the end of the table is also the farthest away from mm -hmm. the camera mm -hmm. which makes him also or her the smallest person in the picture right, from a perspective standpoint and yeah. if you're the most important person in the room mm -hmm. But you're the smallest person in the room. The people on the far end joining your virtual meeting can't see you, can't hear you. Mm -hmm. It's not equitable. Mm -hmm. You're not equal. Mm -hmm. It also uh, pertains to the people around the table. Mm -hmm. You know, as you go back, people get smaller and smaller, yeah. further away from the microphone, and you're suddenly not participating very well in your meeting. You can't speak up. You don't have the right. autonomy. You don't have that psychological safety to be part of the team. Right. Uh, so what we've done is we've built some amazing technology using artificial intelligence. Who doesn't use that these days, I wonder? But uh, mm -hmm. we have that um, and very strong processes in our, cam in our cameras, in our uh, audio bars that, that are now doing things like beam-forming microphones so they're able to track the speaker around the room. Mm -hmm. And wherever you are, you get heard equally. You know, I, I'm just thinking about, um, you know, there's one part which is making sure you're drawing the um, – the furthest person away into the thing. But I think one of the things that is an advantage of these technologies that doesn't always exist in the real world, and it's not often you're going to hear me knocking the real world because I am an in-the-room girl for sure. But, you know, there are really soft-spoken people and there are shy people that are never heard. And, you know, some of these technologies, you know, you, you have an equal place on the grid and you know I am sure that some of these technologies are designed to pick up soft-spoken people can you talk a little bit about some of that because yeah. I'm sure we all have been in meetings with the person that you could yeah. hear yeah yeah we do we have a we have a voice normalization technology and I do it as a demo a lot in my product demonstrations mm -hmm. where I can shout at my speakerphone and I can whisper at my speakerphone and the person on the other end hears, hears it the same way it also processes the volume from the other virtual participants and delivers it to me in the same way. Now, see, that's really useful for marketers because we're so used to getting yelled at, right? And so it could just sound normal, <laughs> you right? Go. You're not yelling it's, at us. What is this concept? <laughs> but it's just you're, you know, yeah. just talking to me. Exactly. <laughs> I think um, it, the audio, I've talked a lot about the audio. That's that's really important. The, the video part is also important, like how you show up. We know that um, three, three times more engagement happens when people turn their cameras on. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if your marketing team turns their cameras on a lot. I know we're all all on all the time. That's very yeah. good. You know, not many people are asking people to do that. As soon as you go on video, the engagement shoots through the roof. You mm -hmm. actually have a conversation even though you can't be in the same room. So mm -hmm. I, I highly recommend going for video. And then the video needs to be you know smart. It needs to do the right things. It needs to optimize the lighting so you're not dark. A lot of those laptop cameras, they put you in backlighting situations and you look like a shadow and nobody knows right. who it is. Right. Uh, so that needs to optimize the light. Secondly, needs to like follow you around. So if you move your body, mm -hmm. uh, it keeps you in the frame. That's really good because people, you know, if you imagine you're a CMO and you're doing business mm -hmm. reviews for six hours that day. Yep. It's hard to sit in your chair for six hours and pay attention and look like you're paying attention. Yeah. I love our little camera because it follows you. So when I slouch to the right. Mm -hmm. It follows me just that ever so little bit, little and it bit. looks like I'm paying attention. Well, it's very <laughs> useful for people like me because, yeah. you know, entrepreneurs that are always moving around and fidgety. I mean, you know, constantly moving yeah. and trying to get comfortable. I, you know, you you brought up a great point, which is just getting up off your butt and moving around, right? Be, having the freedom to feel like you can 
shift and adjust. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm, I spent a lot of time stuck to the screen, you know, uh, and, and really, honestly, trying to find some variety where, you know. You're going to love this next thing yeah. I have to tell you. So yeah. especially for pitches, marketing pitches, mm-hmm. I know that you're going to do some pitches yeah. as you're a marketing team. You're going to pitch to your boss to see if they like the yeah. idea. You're going to pitch to a customer. Yeah. You know, you have to make it happen sometimes. And yeah. it takes body movement and body yes. language and all yeah. these things. So Facilitating a session to understand what engineers are trying to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you're using a camera that um, is using some sort of fisheye technology to, mm-hmm. to capture more of the room or um, it can't manage the light. Yeah, ours can't keep up. Like it's moving around, but it's delayed, and by the time it gets to the speaker, somebody else. Yeah. And how's your customer going to perceive that? Or how's right. the other person on the other end going to perceive that? Your, your marketing team's effectivity drops right. immediately yeah. because of that. What we try to do, there's special technology that we have, of course, but what we try to do with that technology is ensure that we keep 99% human fidelity. What does that mean? Okay, now we got a big word. Human yeah. fidelity. Human All right, fidelity. talk to me about human fidelity. So fisheye lenses bend the light that comes into the camera to show more than it should, right? And so you have some distortion effects uh, of the image. You know, you may see that the room has got curved a little bit or people's faces seem a little bit distorted or people on the fringes of the frame are out of focus, mm-hmm. stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not good for engagement. That's not good for creativity. That's mm-hmm. not good for teams at all. Mm-hmm. And so what we've tried to do is we've created a lens technology that ensures that the humans in the frame look 99% like they should look as a human. Oh, that's great. And there's some cognitive dissonance going on if you don't have that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's that exact example I gave of trying to present an idea. And, you know, when you're, again... Pitching sounds so salesy, but I mean it's it's real. It's it's a it's pres- presenting an idea presenting. and seeking feedback. And if you can't see the people, you don't have feedback. Exactly. Yeah. So if you've created this, uh, if you've created this scenario where you're pitched to your customer and you're not getting feedback and they can't see what you're doing, you're not going to win the pitch. Mm-hmm. And so, I really do think it's important for marketing leaders, especially with the marketing budgets people have these days, mm-hmm. all the you know, ad tech they have to pay for and all the technology you have to pay for, mm-hmm. do not forget about, you know, giving the tools to your teams so they can engage with their customers or engage with their, with other team members so that the creativity can continue as it did before the pandemic. You know, I even think of it as a, um, you know, again, you're talking about these ideas of, of equity and fidelity and sort of, you know, bringing everybody together, right? Bringing this is about together. bringing everybody together. And I think about, you know, all the time that marketers spend with the marketing people and then these few times they get to spend with the salespeople or the engineers or the end consumer and market. And if you can make those people feel as special as heard, you know, I think it, it does bring all those other people that probably should be heard a whole lot more, you know, it, it, it brings them in and it makes them more a part of what you're doing as a marketer. We say stuff like hear and be heard, see and be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing those things uh, and you're a marketer and your job is to deliver leads to the sales team, imagine if you are being heard and being seen and can hear and can see and you're just able to do your job better you deliver the leads like the sales team wants you and they're happy to see you then at that mm-hmm. point you know i think that's quite that's quite a good recipe in the end um as we wrap up this 
section, you know, what what is some advice that you have for uh, business owners? Because obviously you've talked a lot about the challenges and you've talked about tools and techniques, but either a business owner or a marketing team lead, you know, what what are, what are some things they should be doing? Yeah, I think first and foremost is to is to go back to the autonomy. It's not give away the keys to the car to mm-hmm. your team, but if you're going to build tools for them to be successful, to do the things you're asking them to do, you have to listen to them to find out how they would like to do that. Right. And and the listening part is really important. So I, I really would like you know marketing managers to say, um, what are the concerns people have mm-hmm. with being in the office or being at home? Because mm-hmm. people are different. Mm-hmm. So what are the concerns? What are the concerns about the office? Don't just build your marketing uh, wing if you moved in new like you moved yep. in new office. Yep. Don't just build it thinking that you know what's right for everybody. Right. Or build it to look like the old one did but be three times bigger. Yeah. Right. You need to talk to them to figure out how they're going to feel comfortable in this new hybrid world mm-hmm. moving back and forth from virtual and yep. in-person meetings. Yeah. Um and then um create uh the technologies around that. Mm-hmm. You know. I think that's that's the most important thing that I've learned through this research. It's not like, hey, you need to buy that new stuff from Jabra. That's, of course, what I need to do in the end. But I think if you're serving the human needs, if you're using technology that creates human experiences, if you're bringing people together, um, everybody wins there because you're going you're gonna to do a better job. You know, I think you make a great point, and I, I feel like there's a lot of commonalities between this office of the hybrid future and marketing, which is the job is never done, right? It's, it is always... How do the new people need to work? You know, uh, how how do how does the new headcount, larger, smaller, you know, need different places to interact? So um, this has been really uh, fascinating talking about a lot of these things and and learning new terms like meeting equity and human fidelity. Tim, I really want to thank you for being my first friendly on the Marketing Madhouse. Um, uh, people uh, who have uh, been in this marketing uh, community together uh, know that you and I are no strangers to each other, uh, but I, I just always enjoy talking to you because you don't just deal with the topics. You do talk about the humanity of it, and you know we, we wouldn't do these things if we were just you know, building websites and making collateral, right? We're doing things to change the world and help people. Some people also know we have teenagers the same age. Yeah. You know, and moving into a very technic- technology-heavy future causes me a lot of concern. So bringing the yes. human part is something I try to teach my children as yes. well. <laughs> yes, and and uh, calculated autonomy, right? Yes, a, <laughs> calculated, <comment>. exactly. <laughs> calculated autonomy. Um, so I want to uh, bring us back to uh, a final question on marketing and brand leadership um you know it's really hard to find companies that do a lot of things well i think a lot of people when they think about you know the legends of marketing and advertising and the brands that we all know you know some people know of the greatest products in the world or they know of a uh, a company as being a huge corporate citizen and very invested in philanthropy um, but I'm interested in, can you talk to me about a company that's doing three things amazingly well? Marketing their brand, so they just kill it with marketing. Uh, internally with their employees, so they have a strong employer brand and this community piece. They're a good corporate citizen. They're sort of working on a legacy. Can you think of a company that you think fits all three of those and, and tell me about them and why? 
Yeah, I, I had to think about this. I think you're right. It's hard to find those you know unique companies that can pull mm-hmm. all three things together. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I am getting involved in mountain biking with my oldest son, um, I naturally gravitated to that because it's mm-hmm. pulling on my heartstrings a little bit at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so um, I looked at a bunch of like uh, those companies. Are they pull? Are they doing those things? Mm-hmm. You know. And um, even in an area where I thought would be quite full of this, mm-hmm. it was difficult to find. Actually, you know, there's some 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 great promising ideas, but they didn't quite pull it together on all three. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up uh, really looking at Patagonia. Mm-hmm. I know it's kind of I a standard. I knew you were going there. I, I knew know. you were going there. Yep. I think there are a couple of smaller brands. I think Patagonia mm-hmm. is easy, and, and I think yep. everyone knows, so I don't need to yep. describe it so much. But I think there's a couple of smaller brands that are trying to follow up on that. And there's this one small brand that I wanted to bring up today mm-hmm. that, and maybe even pitch them a little bit, is, mm-hmm. is called PNW Components. Okay. They're based out of Sacramento, but they call themselves Pacific Northwest. You know, I, like I love it when See, there's a name that has components in it. You had me <laughs> at components. Okay, so tell me about PNW Components. Yeah, so, you know, small company, Sacramento, but they call themselves PNW Pacific Northwest, so they're they're hitting above their weight right away. I mm-hmm. like that. That's mm-hmm. a good idea. Mm-hmm. And they're solving a problem, I think, that is is relevant one, especially as a dad who has to buy a bunch of mountain bikes, um, mm-hmm. you know, giving folks an opportunity to great to buy great uh, products at a at a, an affordable price. Mm-hmm. Mountain biking is very expensive, and so mm-hmm. they're doing great stuff. Products for families that are trying to, you know, the more people can buy mountain bikes, the more people can mountain bike. So the right. the industry will thrive through that. Right, they're growing a movement by making movement. the bikes accessible and right. Yeah. And they brought uh, a family feeling to it, so they have mm-hmm. a nice family going in. It is a husband wife duo, but mm-hmm. they've r- expanded drastically, and they brought. Um, marketing expertise from their former marketing jobs um they've one of them has worked at amazon so they know how the operations of mm-hmm. it work um and you know i think what they've done is they've tied in a great brand idea mm-hmm. a great concept for what they want to do and why they're doing it and they've just made it beautiful their mm-hmm. websites look great their websites look like their products their products are eye-catching and they're serving good purposes and they're well built and well made so Pitch them as kind of an up-and-coming small brand that I have hope, high hopes for. That sounds amazing. Um, I I love the, um, you know, I love the husband-wife duo. I am a product of a family business. That's where I started. Um, my parents had a pharmacy, and so I I took the bus to the pharmacy in the afternoons and and worked there with them. So I am all about some family business, um, but I also. I do think some of the best entrepreneurs are the people who have come up in amazing organizations like you talked about, the Amazon, you know, you you go and you learn and you see how the big boys do certain things. And then you say, I love this part of it, but really, we're going to do this part, too. That's exactly what I thought as well. Yeah. You know, they're doing an activity that they love, right? Mountain Mm -hmm. biking is a thing. Mm -hmm. It's an easy thing to love for me. But, um, you know, they've taken the marketing uh, ideas from some companies. They've taken the operations and the e-commerce, especially from some companies, mm-hmm. and applied it to a niche that they thought that they could perform well in. Mm-hmm. It was a smart move. So I think that's very cool. All right, now I'm going to back you up on the Patagonia for a second because uh, as soon as you started to talk about you know sports and <laughs> I'm picturing being on the side of a mountain or on a right. wave, I you know went to Patagonia. Um, so talk to me. I know you said it's obvious why Patagonia, but just talk about why it's obvious, Patagonia. Well, um, uh, they walk the walk. 
you know, they walk the talk, I guess is what mm-hmm. you say. So they, they, they have a clear focus on the environment. Mm-hmm. They have a clear focus on doing good in the world mm-hmm. and doing good for their employees. Mm-hmm. And you can see that through their actions. Mm-hmm. You know, even simple marketing ideas that they have, like, hey, we're doing a limited time offer, you know, which is a total, on, you know, sales yep. push. But to take advantage of that local limited time offer, make sure you buy it locally near you so we don't have to ship it across the country for you. Right. I think that's a really nice touch. Exactly. Not many people do that. So easy to do. Yep. You do have it's to think really through the It's really thinking things through all the way to the end. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what we try to do at Jabra as well. We try to um, not just hope that we're going to grow by 15% year on year, year after year. Mm-hmm. We actually have to plan for it. And I think yep. Patagonia have written their values down. They understand what they are, and then they've applied those values mm-hmm. to their brand, to their employees, mm-hmm. and to their their value to the world. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I see that with them. Mm-hmm. I hope more brands would do that. I do too, and I and it and it's totally possible. I mean, you just but you have to start with all those things in mind at the beginning on the napkin, and I think that's that's the hard thing to do. It doesn't start with the dollar. It starts with all that stuff on the napkin, and then you figure out how to right. make dollars with it. Right. The other hard thing is walking away when it doesn't match your values. You have to be true to yourself yep. and those values. Yep, absolutely. Well, I love that because I do think that that um, complete picture of brand and marketing and alignment with values is the kind of marketing that I got into this business uh, for, and it's the kind of thing that we want to talk about on the Marketing Madhouse. So, again, thank you so much to my guest today, Tim Hernquist, and we will see you next time on the Marketing Madhouse. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. 